Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Good afternoon. I am he, and I am glad to be with thee. <laughs> it's a terrific Tuesday. This weather is pretty incredible, right? I mean, it, are we all in agreement that this is how Christmas should be? I mean, you know, <laughs> I grew up in northeastern Oklahoma, and uh, it wouldn't always snow. I mean, it's not like we got a lot of snow, but I do remember the drifts being one winter so high that we had to go out the back door because we couldn't get out the front door. I thought that was the coolest thing. My dad, not so much. <laughs> Just saying. But, you know, ice, that that was the big thing. Uh, lots of ice because, you know, it'd rain or something. And then, yeah. And I, my, my early broadcast career, uh, let's see, I would have been 19, maybe, yeah, 19 years old. Riding a motorcycle, and I would work at a radio station in Pryor, Oklahoma, from six to midnight. And then I would ride my motorcycle about forty-five minutes into Tulsa, and I worked at a Christian radio station from two a.m. to six a.m. on the air, and then from six a.m. to nine a.m. doing traffic reports. So that motorcycle ride between Pryor and Tulsa, about forty-five minutes to an hour. Not unfrequently below freezing through the summer that I or through the winter that I did it there, and I didn't have a fairing on the motorcycle. If you don't know much about motorcycles, just it's cold. It's ten degrees outside, and you're going you know fifty miles an hour. Yeah, when I was when I say I was sold out for radio when I was a teenager, I'm telling you, I was all in. I was all in. Give me a chance to be on the air. I'm be, I'm going to be there. That's that's the you know. And I I like to see that passion for any endeavor that God has called you to. Right. I mean, I really felt that that's what God called me to do was be on the radio. Now, unfortunately, as a teenager, I didn't always make it about him. Frequently, unfortunately, I would make it about me a lot, and that still happened way up until I don't know yesterday. <laughs> it's just yeah, a lot. Uh, that that's a constant battle, but what a blessing! Have you entered for your chance to win a part of Ramsey Solution and Chris Brown's True Stewardship one hundred thousand dollar cash giveaway? Well, you know you can enter every day, and that goes through next Monday, I believe, is when your last chance to register is. It's not a hundred thousand dollars. They're giving away smaller prizes all along, so don't you know? Don't think, oh, uh, yeah, I'll never win that. Because it might be just for you, just for a blessing for you or your family. You may be thinking, oh, I don't need that, so I'll let somebody else. Maybe there's somebody in your sphere of influence that could use a blessing this holiday season. Or maybe your church or somebody. So go online, faithtalk1360.com, big red display ad, do Christmas right, $100,000 giveaway. Also, nominate your pastor. Now, this is really, really exciting. Nominate your pastor and their spouse for a free trip to Israel. The Israel Ministry of Tourism and Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ, and other Salem radio stations have joined together 
to send a pastor and spouse to Israel to visit the Sea of Galilee, the Garden Tomb. That's just one of my favorite places. Go online now, faithtalk1360.com, nominate your pastor. Maybe they'll win a life-changing experience to the land of the Bible. That would be really, really incredible. Also, we're going to uh, go in the footsteps of the apostles this next September and October. If you'd like more information on that, I'm always available, Tom, at faithtalk1360.com, or you can go to faithtalk1360.com online. All right, how I was able to keep quiet about my next guest for four minutes and 40 seconds, I don't know, but I was. Kirk Cameron's joining us next here on Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Yes, we have a great program today coming up. Um, Aaron Parrott from Mentor Kids USA is going to be joining us. Also, Benta Clark from uh, Arizona Life Coalition. Aaron, uh, we are raising toys for giving to kids that, well, may not get a lot. Um, tonight, our sister station, 960 The Patriot. We already have a pretty good selection of toys out there in the lobby. I have to say, it's, it's you know, I'm going, no, these are for the kids. These these are for the kids. In fact, Jumbo, the dog, I asked Mary if there was room in the living room. She said no. So uh, there's that. Last night, Mary and I, we uh, made sure that it was fresh in our mind. We watched Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Now, Kirk, when I first heard about this project, I I had it wrong. What I thought you were going to do and what you did were two different things. But uh, welcome to Koinonia today. Thank you very much. Great to great to be talking with you. And uh, this is kind of like a double blessing for me. I had your mom on earlier this year with her book, and uh, finishing up the year having you on. We uh, when you were doing Way of the Master stuff uh, and and trip through uh, Phoenix here, we had some time together, and had, that's been. Well, it's been a while ago, right? I think it has been a while, yeah. But and, uh, um, you were wise enough to come out uh, not in July or August to Phoenix, so that uh, that was pretty good. That's right. I know those are the rough months. But uh, now we're into the uh, the gorgeous months, that's, and uh, the air is clear and the weather is beautiful. So true, and uh, it is a delight, to, again, to have you on the program. Uh, Kurt, when I, I made the statement that what I thought Saving Christmas was going to be it wasn't, and I was so excited and and just blessed by the whole uh, timber of what you did, and I'm just wondering, what gave you the original idea to kind of, you know, invite us into your family's Christmas celebration? What was the prompting for that originally? Well, uh, first, thanks for watching the movie. Uh, I, I love making Saving Christmas, and uh, I, I made it because... There are so many great Christmas movies out there. There's It's a Wonderful Life, and you can watch The Nativity, and you can watch uh, Miracle on 34th Street, and you can, uh, for, uh, whatever the street is. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I wanted to make a movie that began to address some of the criticisms that people have and arguments against us celebrating the birth of Christ on December 25th and using Christmas trees and Santa Claus and 
and uh, gifts and, and food to do it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Dr. Ben Carson ended up saying that, that Saving Christmas was a wonderful defense of Christmas tradition, and, and that's just what I set out to do, and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, very much so, Mary and I both. Now, at, I admittedly, between the two of us, I'm not going to say which one is which, but we have, I know and or have been every character in that movie at one point or another. <laughs> right? I mean, anybody yeah. that watches this movie is going, oh, yeah, that's Uncle Bob. Oh, wow, that, that hits a little close yeah. to home, right? Yeah, I know just what you mean. You know, as a as a father of six kids, I've often wondered, what do we do about Santa Claus? I mean, what are we supposed to do with him? Is he a giant distraction to the meaning of Christmas? Uh, or is it okay? And one of the things that we talk about, as you know, is uh, I, I basically help people understand who the real St. Nicholas is. There was actually a man named Nicholas, who lived in a town called Myra in modern-day Turkey. This was back in 270 A.D. Well, he was a pastor who would not be politically correct when a heretic showed up at a church council and said that Jesus was not God in human flesh. Well, he stood up to him at that council of Nicaea, from which you and I get the Nicene Creed. And he was the one who, according to history, uh, actually punched or slapped this heretic in the face over the defense of the doctrine of the Trinity. That's Santa Claus for you. Mm. Yeah, and that's just one of the many uh, things that you detail in Saving Christmas. Uh, My guest is Kirk Cameron, and and Kirk, it it was just the presentation was uh, inviting and warm, but you know, sometimes we as Christians, we can be our own worst enemy, especially when we're trying to, you know, take the gospel to the whole world, right? And and we can criticize things. And I get frustrated sometimes that we forget that God is the creator of all that was, is, and ever will be. That's right. And Boy, that's right. we just need to look with His eyes and His love for us as we go into everything, to look for Him. Because you know what happens? You will find whatever you're looking for. If you're looking to be offended, you're going to find offense, quite simply. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And uh, especially as Christians, we shouldn't be offended by Christmas. It's called Christmas, for Pete's sake. It's not a, a Druid pagan ceremony. It's about Christmas. And we can use anything that we want to celebrate that, Uh, as long as it's honoring to God. So, for instance, uh, Nicholas was an amazing defender of the faith, and I welcome him into my house, as well as I welcome all the Christmas music and uh, decorations and all of the gift-giving. You know, trees are are really an interesting part of Christmas, true, too. I have a friend who threw his Christmas tree out when he was told that uh, it's a pagan worship symbol. Well, uh, I've got news for you. Um, Food is, too, and pagans do all kinds of nasty things with women and children and and trees and rocks and all kinds of things. But we don't define uh, creation by pagan terms. We as Christians define it by God's Word. And that means that we can cut down a tree and we can decorate it with stylized fruit and, uh, and, and put gifts underneath that tree, and we can celebrate the birth of Christ. And Saving Christmas pulls a lot of this out, deals with the winter solstice, December 25th, and all the Scrooges and Bah Humbugs out there, uh, so that we can maximize joy this Christmas. Absolutely. It's it's so important Mm. that we hang on to and celebrate 
the man that split time in two. Yes, amen. And that is uh, one of the delights I had watching Saving Christmas. Uh, there was, you know, returning the fruit to the tree. That was something that Mary and I, we'd not contemplated before. What a blessing. That's something that will be a part of our Bible study and just our uh, uh, contemplative prayer for probably weeks to come. Uh, Kurt, that was just, you know, it's another one of those things where we've allowed the deceiver to move us off the target, uh, yeah. which is Christ yeah. Jesus. Oh, is that well said. And I think that uh, a phrase like you keep in my mind is that is that as Christians, um, we need to stay on the offense, not get pushed into the defensive position. With so much darkness going on in the world, um, we have to remember that Jesus defeated death and the grave. He's seated on his throne right now, and we're seated together with him in those heavenly places, and he is ruling with the nations belonging to him. So, uh, if we're looking for hope in a world that is uh, frightening, I live in Los Angeles, and all the public schools are shut down today. Yeah, uh, We need to keep our eyes focused on the fact that God punched a hole in time and space 2,000 years ago and came to this earth in the form of a child and tasted death so that we could live, and now with His Spirit, we can flood the darkness with light. We must never take our eyes off that. The movie is Saving Christmas. Kirk Cameron is my guest. I highly encourage you to go to savingchristmas.com and get a copy of this movie. Watch it with your family because it's going to be a conversation starter regardless of what your approach to Christmas is right now. That's right. It's absolutely going to be a conversation starter and a, a real blessing. Uh, one real quick thing and before I talk about this other project – uh, the whole commercialism, because that's easy. I mean, you know, especially with the nonstop, uh, you kids need to have this toy or that toy, commercialism uh-huh. of Christmas. It, you can kind of get weary of that, but I thought you had a great take on it. Well, uh, sure uh, sure enough, uh, it is not good for us to max out our credit cards with needless gifts or to uh, use money to buy friends. That, that's a, no, no points for us doing that. However, um, we have to remember that. The invisible God took on a material body. He took on flesh and blood and came to this earth. And so it's right that we celebrate Christmas with material things. Our faith is not something that should just exist between our ears or under our, uh, our, our rib cage in our heart. It should download into fudge and ham and decorations and gifts and hugs and eggnog and things that we can use in a material way to demonstrate our love for people. That's what God did. You can get the DVD on Amazon, or you can go to savingchristmas.com, and I highly encourage you to do so. We've got just about two minutes left here, Kirk. Tell me about this great project uh, you're working with your son, Family Audio Adventures, familyaudioadventures.com. If you're looking for something really different to get for your kids uh, at Christmas, Family Audio Adventures are movies that you listen to in the theater of your mind. And so it turns drive time into adventure time and teaches kids real history from a providential perspective and uh, shows them how to apply their faith. Uh, Kids absolutely love them, and as a parent of, of six kids, I'm thrilled for what it teaches my kids. And you can find out more about those at familyaudioadventures.com. 
I am a huge uh, fan and advocate of audiobooks, audio drama, Adventures in Odyssey for years, obviously. Yeah. And most recently, I had the producer of uh, one of those audio adventures that you were one of the characters of, as a matter of That's fact. Right. And uh, so I know that uh, not only is the quality and family entertainment going to be there, but I do believe that it's something that is really, really accessible and kind of changes the dynamic of creative thinking because I think, you know, with all the video games and pad, iPads and tablets and everything, one yeah. of the things that has uh, been removed from our culture a little bit, well, is the creative thinking, right? I think so. Too much screen time in an iPad or a TV can turn your kids' brains off. And what these audio adventures do is they turn your kids' brains on because they're forced to generate their own mental movies through their imagination, and it actually uh, in, improves their attention span, their vocabulary. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing because it puts them in the middle of the adventure. All right, Kirk Cameron, the movie Saving Christmas. You can find it online, savingchristmas.com. But this great uh, new project from Kirk Cameron, and it's your son, right, that you're doing this with? That's right. My son James and I were in one of these audio adventures called With Lee in Virginia. I played Stonewall Jackson, and my son played one of the uh, one of the young men that joined um, General Lee's army. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and I again, I advocated. I had the producer director on as well. Go to familyaudioadventures.com, and uh, there's lots there. A great alternative gift uh, for this holiday season. Kirk, thank you so much for taking time on this busy time of year. Oh, so good to talk with you. Keep up the great work, and, and Merry Christmas. Our program continues. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Continuing on this Tuesday, this is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I have... Uh, had the blessing to support ministries, well, you know, being in Christian radio here uh, in the Valley since 1987, I've been exposed to a lot of organizations. And uh, one of them that has always stood out as one that I personally have a, a heart for, I don't know, possibly because, you know, my father passed away when I was 14, almost 15, and didn't really have that um, male role model in my life. And many things have come up over the years. Boy, that would have really made a difference. Uh, And just seeing the results that I have from mentoring and how an adult in a child's life can make a lot of difference. We're going to talk a little bit real case scenario stuff with that. But uh, Aaron Parrott joins me back here on Koinonia from Mentor Kids USA and well, you actually have a new title since the last time you and I were on together. I do, yeah. Thank you so much, Tom, for having us again. And uh, you're right. I am now executive director at Mentor Kids as of a couple months ago. And as a, my my opening question to you was, a little less sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little less sleep, a little more on my mind, and uh, but it's, it's all good. Yeah. And I'm privileged well, and honored. Give us a little of your background, how God brought you this pl- uh, to where you're at right now with Mentor Kids, and then uh, let's give a summary of uh, Mentor Kids as an organization. Yeah, well, just on the on the personal side, I grew up in a missionary kid family, and so kind of had that, uh, always had that ministry bug in my DNA. And uh, so 
out of college, got into missions and then into uh, work in the youth uh, field in youth ministry and and working with at risk youth and then heard about the job at Mentor Kids mm-hmm. uh, a little over ten years ago. Gosh, has it been? Yeah, that long. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is yeah, crazy. Yeah. So uh, the way I tell it is, everyone kept quitting except for me. So eventually, <laughs> <laughs> just keep moving up by so, attrition. Right? Yeah, that's a great uh, career plan. For yeah. Them. Well, and God is obviously called you to it because you have a real heart for these kids and for these mentors because that's that's a real important part. You know, there's so many ways that you can get involved. You can uh, help financially, but there's a lot of need for actual physical show up and, you know, just be there. Yep. Uh, yep. Opportunities. We're going to talk about some of those real quickly here in the state of Arizona, an incredible, incredible funding opportunity of which I have taken advantage of. And the uh, that's the Working Poor Tax Credit. It's a dollar for dollar tax refund credit. You don't, it's not just reducing your income, it's actually a dollar-for-dollar credit of your tax obligation. Uh, It's wonderful, and it's a way that you can really, uh, really be a blessing to Mentor Kids USA. But, uh, Aaron, give me a little bit more detail. What does that really mean? I just, you know, $400, that's a substantial gift, right? Yeah, you can get up to a four hundred dollar tax credit for for couples filing jointly, or two hundred for individuals. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I mean it it uh, it literally changes the lives of children. It helps us provide about a month of after sorry summer school program summer programs for the kids in our program. Uh, it keeps them off the streets mm-hmm. over the summer keeps them their minds active. We do uh, reading. We do tutoring. Um, it keeps their bodies active. And then we do Bible study every day and worship. So it keeps their spirit alive as well. So that's just uh, about a month of summer enrichment program for $400. That is incredible. Aaron Parrott is my guest from Mentor Kids USA. Aaron, one of the things that really impressed me with Mentor Kids is that some years ago, you identified that the one-on-one model, although outstanding, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily obtainable, and there's just a lot of kids slipping through the cracks that could be helped and could be blessed and could be mentored if you changed your model. So you were able to change how you approach this in some areas so that you could reach more kids. Tell us about that transition and what that really means. Yeah, so one of the main things we heard, um, and, and you're right, for the first 13 years, we, we followed the one-to-one mentoring model. And, but one of the main things we heard was uh, the mentors say, you know, I, I spend these, these hours uh, every month with my mentee, and those are good time, very good times, and we have a very good relationship. But compared to the time that they're spending at school and at home and in their neighborhood, uh, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. When we look at the challenges facing uh, Phoenix youth, this whole idea about uh, disconnected youth, these young people ages 16 to 24 who are not working and not in school, and Phoenix leads the nation in disconnected youth. Wow, I didn't There's 93,000 disconnected youth Man. in the greater Phoenix area. And so when you look at some of those issues, it's going to take a lot more than one-to-one mentoring, as good as that is to really reach these kids and, and to, to change that statistic. So what we've done is developed a model we call Promised Neighborhoods. So we identify a specific neighborhood, and then we seek to work on three levels, youth, family, and community. 
So we do one-to-one mentoring. We do after-school programs. We do large community events. We also work with the families and, and provide assistance to parents and caregivers. And then we do some community development work as well. And with all, everything is to create an environment uh, directly with the kids, with their families, with the neighborhood that helps youth achieve their full God-given potential. Mm. And that's being a good steward. I, I think so. You know, that is, it, you, you see what the need is, you see the resources you have, how can we best use these? Yeah. And that's one of the things that excites me about mentor kids and how they approach ministry. Uh, tonight, our sister station, 960 The Patriot, we're hosting an event for the, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there is a Republican debate tonight uh, on <laughs> CNN. About that, yeah. It's kind of, you know, coming up in a few areas. Uh, but our sister station, our afternoon host, uh, Hugh Hewitt, is actually one of the panelists. So Salem uh, Communications, who is the parent company of us, has the exclusive radio broadcast rights. So Salem Communications or Salem Media across the country is broadcasting on radio the CNN Republican debate tonight. Now, we're not advocating for a political party or candidate or anything else like that right now. But this is realistically a time for people that are conservative. They do want to know what the candidates have to say. So we have a little party uh, at the Studio Movie Grill where 150-plus people are going to be watching the debate. Uh, talk show host Seth Leibson, uh, Maricopa County uh, attorney um, Bill Montgomery are going to be there talking. But we have encouraged everybody that's coming tonight to bring a new unwrapped toy to give to mentor kids. And I'm excited about it. We've already started a box here in the lobby, as I mentioned, uh, some fun stuff that uh, has already been contributed. What does something like this really mean? I mean, you know, you you and your kids, it's different than some of the kids that are in the program. What do these toys really mean to these kids? Well, to put into perspective, I was talking to a mom uh, who has two kids in our after-school program uh, just to a week and a half ago, and uh, she's at a point where dad can't work. He was in a bad car accident, mm. and uh, no work means no money. Right. And so she told us, you know, I already prepared my children to uh, not receive any gifts this year. Wow. And uh, so having gifts to be able to deliver to that family, give to kids like that, uh, just means the world to them. And, and it really, you know, it's an expression of God's love yeah. and God's gift of Jesus uh, to us. So. Well, I think I'm going to have to go back by the store. If you want to make a contribution to Mentor Kids, a, a toy uh, gift, just send me an email, tom at faithtalk1360.com, tom at faithtalk1360.com. I'll make it happen. I'll make sure that your gift gets over to Mentor Kids you have seen a lot of stories, Aaron, as 10, 10 years of uh, serving, well, kids in real need. Hmm. Does mentoring really make a difference? It does, absolutely. Um, over the long term, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. And uh, how are we on time? What, we're we're good. We, we got five we, minutes. <laughs> I, I just want to tell a quick story, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Uh, we a couple years ago there was an article in the Arizona Republic about this whole uh, disconnected youth uh, issue that we're facing here in Phoenix, and it told the story of Jalil. And Jalil grew up in South Phoenix, and uh, with grandma. Mm. And uh, 
he just didn't have the, the support systems around him that he needed. So he started skipping school, started getting discouraged with his academics. He would skip school two weeks at a time and no one would notice. Yeah. So eventually he dropped out of school and became a disconnected youth. Wasn't working, wasn't uh, going to school. He was playing video games at home all day. Now I'd like to contrast that with uh, a young man, uh, Jeremiah, in our program. Same age, same neighborhood in South Phoenix, but he got plugged into the Mentor Kids after school program. Now he faced, he st- and he still faces many challenges. Right. Um, you, know, you name it, you know, health issues, getting into fights in the neighborhood. Uh, struggling with at school, mm-hmm. but in every one of those challenges, he's been uh, supported, and people from Mentor Kids, volunteers, staff members, community members who we've been able to plug him, uh, connect him with through Mentor Kids has has been able to support him every step of the way. Now he's he's a contributing member of his neighborhood. He's doing volunteer projects in his neighborhood. He's getting good grades. He has a vision for his future. And that's the difference that that mentoring and that these programs make in the lives of young people. And when you support Mentor Kids USA, you multiply that. Exactly. Uh, you multiply that. Bit. And I, I like to talk about using God's math because my dollar or my $100 or whatever my contribution is, is just that. But when I give it as God is going to use it, he will take that and multiply it. Just the tuition tax credit. Uh, for schools, the working poor tax credit yep. here in the state, the foster care uh, tax. You know, there's so many opportunities for us to be generous here in the state of Arizona to these organizations that are having real life impact. And honestly, with no effort on your part other than taking the time to just do it. Yep. It. It. it, it when I have. You know, when it initially came out, I'm like, oh, come on, it's not that. No, it's as easy as going to MentorKidsUSA.com and click on the program button. Donate now. Donate now. Yeah, and it will take you right through the process. Very simple. And it's almost like prepaying your taxes. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Absolutely. And if you're going to get, uh, you know, if if you're going to get a refund, well, your refund's going to be two or four hundred dollars more. Yeah, uh, because it's literally a dollar for dollar tax credit. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. yep. Aaron, thanks again for coming in today, and look forward My to pleasure. seeing you tonight. Looking forward to giving. Uh, I, I wish there was a way I could be there when you give these toys out because <laughs> that's the real, the real fun part. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, again, just blessed uh, to be able to participate again. You can go online, mentorkidsusa.org. O-R-G. That's mentorkidsusa.org. Aaron, thanks for your time. Thanks for all your support, Tom. Continuing on our conversations today, this is Quinn and Ia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Tom Brown in studio with me now, Benta Clark from Arizona Life Coalition. Uh, you and your husband were in uh, kind of as an introductory. How, how long ago has that been already? Gosh, it's been two months at least. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just anyway, uh, glad to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It, it, January is going to be here. The rally, Roe v. Wade, is going to be here very quickly. We have so many things to talk about. Mm-hmm. But let's start with those that don't know. Give a little of your background and uh, what you do there at uh, Arizona Life Coalition. 
Great. Well, I was actually in corporate America and recruited from corporate America to come and help on the pro-life front here in Arizona. And what an honor it has been. Um, I have a great heritage of um, pro-life advocacy in my family and um, really here in the state of Arizona. And then my family moved to Colorado and I was actually recruited from Colorado to come back here. And we are blessed by it. Uh, I had the chance uh, that was at a little gathering on Saturday night, and Dave and Joanne Everett were there. And, of course, my wife was getting caught up with them because they went to church together, well, just a long time ago. And uh, uh, it is amazing to me how, and I see it happen from this seat all the time, how God literally takes us from all areas and just shrinks the world down to, it's like, how could we make those connections. Absolutely. And it's just fun. I, I just love kind of sitting back and watching him work. This is another example. Uh, you have a significant date or anniversary on November 19th, right? What is that? Yes. Actually, that was my four-year anniversary okay. was what that was. And so we, Mary and I, uh, we were celebrating our 27th yep, that's right. anniversary. It's like, <laughs> really? Come on now. Uh, but anyway, so there's lots of go, uh, things going on in the um, uh, in the media, with the pro-life movement. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But one of the things that I used to really, really uh, look forward to every year, I've participated in in over a dozen times since 1987, uh, marches, rallies, and it's kind of ebbed and flow, to mm-hmm. be honest, uh, over the years. Sometimes, you know, the project community doesn't participate very much. Yep. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's an all-Catholic, you know, it's just kind of gone back and I just want to get all the politics out of that, all the theologies out of that. Absolutely. Can we agree that life is precious? Absolutely. I would say that the very exciting part of this year's rally that's coming up, so January 22nd, 2016, as you said, is that this is not a Catholic-led event or an evangelical-led event. It is really an ecumenical um, group Effort. We're not trying to push one side or the other. We are literally coming together unified as a state and really just proclaiming from the rooftops that every le- that every life has value mm-hmm. and that God has created not only the life of the unborn, but the life of the mother questioning her decisions. And so the cool part, Tom, I have to tell you about this event is the, we're taking the politics out of it. We're going to have we're probably we're hoping to have the governor speak. We're hoping to have a couple of senators speak, but they're not speaking about their po- political gain or, or activism. They're really just speaking about how they want to protect unborn life in the state. Mm-hmm. We have Gianna Jessen coming, who, if you haven't heard her story, she's an incredible example of joy through tragedy and her her personal um, testimony with abortion is, I mean, not her personally, but surviving one is just incredible. So um, we are really focusing this event around families, around fun. I've been kind of pitching to my team the entire time. They, I've got the best team in the world. And it's, it's about inspiring, educating, and activating. Those are the three points mm-hmm. we're walking away with this rally is we are going to inspire our state. We're going to educate everyone on, hey, here's where we are. Here's where we're going. Here's how you can get involved. And then we're going to activate the, the Arizonans that participate to go out and do mm-hmm. and create this culture of life. So it's a very exciting time. I still maintain, and I have for some time now, that 
almost all the ills that we see in our culture right now are rooted in a devaluing of life. Absolutely. That ISIS, you know, the, the L.A. schools being shut down today, yep. Yep. Uh, school, all of these things, all of it comes back to ultimately we don't value life as a culture. Yep. And our individuals, our young people coming up, they don't value life. Uh, video games kind of desensitized. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of, and you know, I don't want to argue the the science because it's you, it's common sense that it's going to have some effect. Uh, playing shoot 'em up video games, right? Halo. <laughs> right. It's, it's 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 devaluing of life. It's right. just another part of that. Abortion obviously is one of the first things. It's the front line. It is the uh, linchpin, if you will of valuing life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will tell you, you know, I kind of came back from um, my corporate world into this pro-life activism and, and had a different view um, than what I'm about to share with you. My, my vision of the abortion issue changed dramatically when I hit the ground in Phoenix. And here's how it changed. Um, I realized that abortion is a tactic. It's a, it's a symptom of sin. It's a symptom of, like you said, that devaluing life, that taking down. And that's isn't that just like the enemy? Mm-hmm. God has given us this precious gift of life. And isn't it just like Satan to tear us apart at the very core of who we are? And that is our humanity, because that is where we hold the imago Deo, the image of God. And if he can get at the image of God, which is imprinted on us as people, then he can really take us out in any place mm-hmm. in our life. You said, you know, the violent video games, anything. We don't start, we don't see people as people anymore. We see them as just entities or as beings. And we forget the humanity of the person in front of us or the person for some of these young women inside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is, that is the ultimate tactic. Another thing that Satan delights in is uh, confusing who the enemy is. Right. Oh, totally. Totally. He, he, he delights in making us fight amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. if you will, yep. that somehow um, the I, that ISIS is the enemy. Right. They're, no, they're the tool that the enemy is using, uh, that somehow even Planned Parenthood is the, the enemy. Uh, yes, it's evil, but it, it we have to understand Satan is the enemy. Right. Everything else is just a tool that he's using to bludgeon, to destroy, to separate, to really destroy the image of God that we should have. Absolutely. It's so true. And I think that what we're seeing in our culture is this polarization of ideologies. And what's happening is instead of seeing, you know, um, what you brought up ISIS, you know, here's the thing. They are deceived by the enemy to and we are deceived by the enemy to think that they are the enemy Mm -hmm. because ultimately Jesus died for that terrorist. Jesus died for that person who is now beheading Christians. Mm -hmm. He didn't come for the we are. So Brennan Manning said this and it was that we are to be a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. And that is really where we have to go in the pro-life movement, fighting ISIS. We don't have to fight them in the um, 
really the the right term of the word. We need to be fighting the the spirit inside of them that hates us, and we do that by loving them. And I know it sounds hippie. I've been getting this from so many generations over the past few weeks. Is like you just sound like such a hippie. Yeah. And I didn't realize, you know, I'm I'm a very aggressive person, but um, I didn't realize how much I'm really going back to the core of. God is love. And if we can look at every single life, every every single problem that we have in the world, every rude person, I mean, we're coming up on Christmas, people are so rude all over the place, but every single person is loved by God and in his image. And so we've got to really get back to the foundations of who we are as Christians, that every life is a representation of the love and the face of God. One of the things that became a, a turning point for me to fully understand God's love for everyone, the Dropbox movie. Yes. And it yes. wasn't that oh, I wow. didn't love before. Mm-hmm. It was that that minister, his love for those children taught me how to love others. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, not just in in theory, because mm-hmm. that's it, right? Mm-hmm. We have a tendency as Christians if we're in a comfortable place, we love in theory, right? but not necessarily in action. This man is loving in action, and just how much effort it can be sometimes yes. that can't be replicated by anything other than God's love for us, if we can just replicate that so true. to everybody else that we come in contact. So that was, for me, wow. Yes, I say I love, I say I am an advocate of, yeah. but where is my action? Right. What am I doing? Am I an active lover or am I just a, well, that's nice as long as it doesn't affect me? Right. And it's in word and deed. And mm. really the Dropbox movie, I have to tell you, made such an impact on me and my husband. Um, you know, there we went to this really mega church here in Phoenix just to visit and um, before, you know, before we would kind of stay away from certain sections just because of where it was located in the mm-hmm. auditorium. But for this particular time, we were in the very front. And this particular church had all of the people in, in wheelchairs, the least of these, you know, that really right. people don't, they, I, I was looking around and I'm not judging, but people were kind of shying away from these, these mm-hmm. people that were, that were being loved on. And I was so proud of my husband because he, he literally sat there and all of a sudden he just got up in the middle of the service. Not, I mean, you know, it was like a break and started going over and talking to every person in a wheelchair. And, you know, it led me to be like, you know what? Here I am. I'm a pro-life activist. I'm a pro-life executive director, whatever it is. And I'm not making this effort to reach out to the least of these Mm -hmm. sitting right in front of me that sometimes the world can reject. And that is really what we need to be focusing on is looking at every life with the value that God places on it. And there are so much we can learn from people. Like you said, the Dropbox movie was so impacting because all of a sudden it opened your eyes past what you're comfortable with. Because you look at this movie and this man saying, why do I have this son? He's, you know, he's disabled. I didn't know why I had him. And all of a sudden at the very end, the first child that they adopted says, thank God for my brother, because if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here today. And that is what Jesus does. He takes the least and makes it the greatest. I can't believe we're already, we we have just a few moments here as we, uh, our next segment will close in prayer, but uh, Benta Clark, Executive Director, Arizona Life Coalition, uh, ArizonaLifeRally.org. 
azliferally.org. I'm going to want to see you there on the 22nd. I'm telling you right now, you're going to hear a lot about it from me over the next month. And uh, we're going to show up in force. And that's kind of our goal this year. Uh, But, Pinta, will you stick around just for one more segment? Absolutely. You're listening to KPXQ. This hour has gone by quickly. I must say, Kirk Cameron, Saving Christmas, Aaron Parrott from Mentor Kids USA, Benta Clark, Arizona Life Coalition. I have a Choose Life plate on my car. And there's a little thing that happens when Mary and I are out and we see another one. We both go, oh, 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 look, there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a feeling of community. I mean, it, it kind of is. And I know that's kind of corny. I, I'm corny if nothing else. But it's, it's something to show your support for life. Absolutely. And it is a way that uh, Arizona Life Coalition, they take that money, they gift it uh, to people and organizations that are doing great work in mm-hmm. the Valley. Yeah. And they have for years. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to the website. Uh, you Actually, you can, if you just where you register for your uh, vehicle taxes, it's actually an option there. You may have to look for it a little bit, but it's the Choose Life Plates. Yeah, and the website's ChooseLifeAZ.org. Uh, the rally is coming up, azliferally.org, on the 22nd of January. I expect you to be there, but we're going to close in prayer. Mm. Dear Heavenly Father, I am just uh, humbled that you would even allow us to know you, much less that you would want to have a relationship with us. And as we celebrate this Christmas time, that you had, you had a plan. You wanted to give us free will, but you wanted us to love you freely. But you knew that was going to cause problems. And you sent your son to mend the wound that separated us. He died so that we might know you. But first he had to be born. And that's the celebration that we have. And Lord, we do thank you for showing us that every life matters. Every life is precious. Lord, thank you for my wife, Mary. Bless her. Give her a great day. And uh, just, we love you so very much. In thy heavenly name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I am really having a lot of fun uh, doing the show this way. And tomorrow I have Hal and Cheryl Sachs coming in from Bridge Builders International. We're going to talk about starting the year off right uh, in prayer. Also, uh, Mountaintop Prayer on January 1st, which has been the tradition. I'll be on the top of North Mountain as uh, we ring in prayer for our valley. Benta, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Tom. It's been a blast.